roll of media. Now we're recording. That's interesting. Okay. That was a false start. Now we're recording. Now we're recording. It's happening now. It's happening now. Right? Now. Five yard penalty. False start. False start. So the last 90 minutes meant nothing. Yep. Okay. All right. We're out of here. Yeah. We're done. I'm exhausted. Phase three post camp. So I'm so for anybody who's listening, I am thumbing through, um, I'm thumbing through our guest book uh, called Underthink It, which I think that's what everybody wants, man. You know, everybody like simplify it. I think everybody says they want it, but nobody really wants it. People want to. People want to sound like they want to underthink it, but more often than not, people then they put in 89 PowerPoint slides to show you how unthoughtful they are. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like it's almost like we all have this idea, like, oh yeah, we're no nonsense. But then, and so we want to like underthink it and just get it done. But then we're talking with people who want to sound like it's super complicated and sophisticated. Right. How smart we are. Yeah, I mean, when I started doing strategy, which was uh, as full time, I was a lot of that was coming from insecurity. I was trying to prove. Or I was saying, well, I'm going to present this to this this brand, and I want to make sure they know how I got here. So here's 18 setup slides to get to one inside. Like, Jesus, I'm boring them to death before I even get to tell them anything useful. It's like, yep. here's here's a slide full of data points, huh? Yeah. How come you're yeah. not applying? <laughs> Why are they not? Yeah. They don't I understand like what I'm even telling them. Well, it's like sometimes you get so stuck in the craft that you forget that some people don't want to know how the soup is made. Yeah. Or at least not at that level. <laughs> or maybe, Absolutely. Or maybe the sauce. Like, I just don't care how you chop the basil. I just don't care. And, and nobody wants to be bored. No. Period. So if I have your time for an hour or 30 minutes in a, in a meeting, top of the list is just make it engaging and interesting and look at the slides that way or look at your conversation that you're about to have that way. If, it, if it's that many slides of setup, that's not good. Yeah. That's not yeah. underthinking it. Do you then prescribe to uh, Guy Kawasaki's 10, 20, 30 rule? I don't know it. I'm not, yeah, a, I'm not a reader of his. Tell Was me. it the, um, is it, uh, so it's a 30, 30, point, 30 point type, right? The font. Um, 10, no more than 10 slides, no more than 20 minutes in long, right? Wow. Is that what it is? That feels right. Yeah. But I, I don't remember. I, I can never remember what the actual numbers line up to. I like the idea yeah. of it. It sounds great. Yeah. It's a nice little like rule set for how to limit your presentation so you don't end up with 80 slides. It's very blue sky. Uh-huh. It's very blue sky. We just did, I did a presentation to the agency on uh, how to do better presentations. And so the whole thing was very snarky. I think it's on SlideShare. I saw and, it. Well, it has oh, yeah, to be because you you're presenting. <laughs> how presenting, it came up. So. Yeah. And you might have posted it or, or, yeah. or maybe, uh, I think Dan posted it on LinkedIn. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know, it's, I saw it. I know it's floating around the yeah. internet. And it was there's, good. There's things like, you know, three bullet points, three to five words max, yep. and stupid things that you just don't even think of where in a presentation, you'll have a whole chapter that's about, you know, campaign analytics. And the title of every slide will say campaign analytics. <laughs> 10 slides in a row, right. and you have to come in and step back and say, well, what if they only read that headline? That right. They'll say, oh, you, you have analytics, high fives. Yeah. Make, that, make that mean something so they don't even have to read all those, those equations that you have underneath it. It's ridiculous. Like, why awesome. are we making people work so hard? Yeah, that was, that was one thing that gets drilled into your head when you are grading student work. You know, like a campaign's plans book, right? They're saying like, oh, we did this research, and they're trying to convince you they did research. And... They're so bad at it because they're young that you're, you're like, oh, crap. Like, this is what I do. And this is what a bunch of people do. And so it, you start realizing, 
because you, you have to tell them, like, no, tell me what it means in the first right. sentence of the paragraph. Be clear and concise, and so I know what I'm reading. You know, don't make me draw conclusions, because I won't know. I only have one little part of it, right? But make it, it, make it easy for the reader. Don't, yeah. yeah don't. And now I can critique you and move you forward, because yeah. I know what you're trying to say. Right. That is a, that's a rookie problem. I'm going to explain a lot to get you to the point that I want you to understand versus here's the point I'm going to make and now I'm going to support it. Right. Mm -hmm. Which I guess just takes a little bit of courage, a little bit of confidence yep. to, to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, let's lead with the point, especially the more impact, the better that gets someone's attention, get them to snap up. So in line with that, we did not lead with our point, which no, is who is Adam? Oh, it's and what, what does he do? And yeah. why is he on the podcast? Sorry, so guys. let me do a quick little intro. We're just so ramped up to go. Yeah, I know. And that, we kind of like it that way. Yeah, That's yeah. how we do it. No, cool. But uh, this is AZ Brandcast for all you listeners who are, who are jumping on. Um, we talk brand strategy, how to build great brands here in Arizona, and also try to uncover what does it mean to be Arizona? What does it mean to, to build the brand uh, of Arizona yeah. as a community of, of businesses and organizations? And Today, I'm really excited. We have an awesome guest on. We've got Adam Pierno yeah. from Santee. Thank um, you guys so much We were just talking about his book. Welcome, Adam. Yeah, this is awesome. Really yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Adam. And uh, we'll hand it over to you for a minute here and just kind of give us a little background on what you do and who you are and what you've been up to. Sure. Uh, well, I'm Adam Pierno. I'm the Chief Strategy Officer at Santee. Uh, Santee's been in the Valley since 1991. That's when Ooh. it was founded by Mr. Dan Santee. We are a full-service agency, and our whole uh, point, our whole mission is to wrangle change for our clients. Mm -hmm. So even especially today, but as far back as 91, everything is changing every day for our clients, from technology, new platforms, uh, media, behavior, uh, markets, competitors. It's Everything's in flux, and we just try to stay one step ahead of that and come back to our clients and say, hey, we're seeing this is going to happen, and you know, next quarter we should do this to address it. Yeah. Or we're reading a lot about this thing that's happening in media. You can ignore it. This MySpace thing, not yeah, worth it. Right. Not worth it. There's a lot of stuff that's like, hey, hey, you know, one of our clients is Peter Piper Pizza. You know, Bitcoin, don't worry about it, guys. You're, you're reading a lot about it. It's oh, not, there's not going to be a Peter Piper ICO anytime soon? I don't, think, soon? I don't oh. think blockchain is going to affect Peter Piper yet. Like, I would have bought into that. So you'd be surprised how much <laughs> no, telling people don't worry about that thing or that thing's not going to help you, it's not relevant to you. Yeah. That helps focus people. Yeah. So that's that's part of our change mission. It's just is... Uh, it's like focus change. Yeah, we it's good. figure it out and we bring it back to our clients and, and help them stay focused and give them new ideas, but also tell them, like, and you don't have to worry about this one over here. You yeah. can put that on the back burner. Man, yeah, that's so cool. I mean, I, I just I can think of so many people I've talked to over the years that just get so distracted and burnt out yeah. chasing all the, the latest and greatest trends and, and not it's, knowing it's what's never, right and what's wrong. It's never going to end. No. Mm -hmm. So we're lucky because we have... Uh, 40 really smart people in their disciplines, and I am pretty blessed that I can just walk over to somebody and say, hey, I haven't been paying attention to this. Tell me about you know, Facebook's new ad. They have new ads or something? <laughs> oh, yeah, let me tell you. Sit down. You have three hours? Like, <laughs> no, I have an hour. <laughs> yeah. You get 40 slides. Right. Go. Yeah. <laughs> 30 slides. Eight 30 slides. 20 minutes. No, 10 slides. 30 minutes. <laughs> 30 
<laughs> Kawasaki somewhere is can look up yeah, guy Kawasaki's real sort of, yeah. yeah. A single tear just rolled down his face. Yeah. He doesn't know why. <laughs> he just is like, I'm not sure why I'm so sad. He's posting the Michael Jordan sad face yeah. gif right now. Absolutely. Oh. Um yeah, well, I don't give him usually two hours to tell me, but it's yeah. nice to have those people that, that are out in front of it so I can just quickly get the answers I need, which makes my life a hell of a lot easier yeah. than it was, that's for sure. That's awesome. That, that is interesting, because I've been at places where I'm expected to know a lot of stuff, and I'm not the guy who knows a lot of stuff that's going on. Like, I'm, I'm more, you know, I mean, isn't, isn't it kind of cool to be able to say, nothing really changes, I'm going to focus on the things that don't change, and I mean, mm-hmm. is that, does that kind of like... I mean, well, as it relates to brand strategy, that's a lot of it, is there's a lot of things that change around marketing, but what you're trying to do is set up a brand that is steadfast and can survive all the catapults and things that are flying into it and can mm-hmm. withstand any kind of challenges or shit. If your brand is built on a media format, that's not a very good brand unless you're a media company. Yep. Right. So uh, I, that's the we're trying to create that almost in quicksand. We're trying yeah. to keep it afloat or keep it stable. And that's the in the book, it's the foundational uh, phase of marketing. Yep. Mm-hmm. See, it was called that for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so, so you guys are doing kind of both, right? I mean, you guys are looking at, like, well, what will never change? And then you know, are there are all these new things. What's noise? Um, what's just salient but not important? Right. And, um, and, you know, and then applying it to someone's business and really understanding their business at the most fundamental level to where you know what they're really selling. You know what they're really about. You know what they really need to respond to. Right. That's really going to affect them. Absolutely. That's, that's the job. And with... Being full service, as you guys know, I, you know, I would like to, to play around with brand all day. A lot of times clients don't even know what the hell. They say, we, they come in, a new client will come in and say, we need branding. And sometimes after I talk to them for 30 minutes, I realize, oh no, they need packaging. Yep. They, they think that's, they think a logo is branding. And it, it is, it's part of the brand. It's part of it, yeah. It's a critical Absolutely. part. Absolutely. But, I, you know, I would love to have all the time in the world just to, just to, carefully carve away and create this beautiful brand promise and work with them usually they're like i don't understand the value of that so can we just do that in eight hours and, you know what i mean that when doesn't sound just, familiar yeah, at we all just talking about this yesterday yeah how do we get the value across this as a yep. as an industry we have to we really have to start cracking the code on that because yeah. and that's that's part of what's in the book is hey this is why it's important you know yeah. this is why keeping it simple is important we've we've used this jargon these big words and we take ideas from academia. We take them from published papers. We take them from psychology. We take them from behavioral economics. So these really smart people, and then I want to sound smart too, so I use these ridiculous dumbass words that go over people's heads, and they're like, I don't know, the guy with the glasses sounds smart, but yeah. I can't explain it to my boss, so I'm not paying you for it. Right, yeah. That's not yeah. good. That's not, that's not, I don't think is going to help the company stay afloat, you know, the agency. No, it's not. And it has to be tied to outcomes too, mm. right? Like, we have so many of those conversations where it's like, this work is important, but only in, in as much as it produces an outcome. Well, how do you um, how do you tie branding to an outcome? Well, how I mean... Have you been successful doing it? One of the... I mean, there's probably... There's a laundry list of outcomes that we tie back to, and they're soft, right? A lot of them don't have hard metrics. Right. Um, each client's a little bit different in terms of a core problem that they're trying to solve in that moment yeah. and what we can tie to that. Uh, but there's some key ones. One is differentiation, Right. How, how able are your potential buyers and your current customers able to say that you differentiate from your competitors? Mm-hmm. 
Um, that's a really big one, especially in professional services. Where do we, you do post-brand surveys? or is yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. So we'll do a lot of that's through surveys and qualitative data. That's great. Um, another one is, um, you know, like, are, are you, um, how clear are your, are your employees on your own position? Well, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Right. So there's an, there's an external, uh, you know, qualifier to it and there's an internal qualifier. Yeah. And then how bought in is everyone, right? How expressive are they of the brand? And some of that's a, you know, that's a one-on-one engagement kind of like, Hey, how do you, as your particular culture, authentically live out these promises that you are giving to your customers? Let's, let's start putting actions into place an implementation plan right. and then measure against that implementation plan and do check-ins. Got it. That's um, really interesting. So that's some of it. And you know, every client's a little different in terms of like, you know, some, a lot of them are very marketing focused with their, with their brand issues. And so a lot of it's just, Hey, let's clean up your communication. Let's make sure that it's really clear what you're offering and who you're offering it to Sometimes and why. It's just an editing job. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like editing. Got all these it's things. like clarifying. Give us, give us a week and we'll just send it yep. back to you. We just did this for a client that it's a global company and they had their, their global headquarters did a project with a um, university professor from that from their headquarter nation, and it it came back and it's it's not that it's wrong or right or bad work. It's translated or or English is not the primary language of the person yeah. who wrote it, and so they said, hey, can you just look at this and help it? Just help us make a little bit tighter sense of it. And so it's it editing and sending it back and forth and. And just making sure everybody could read it and get on board and understand it. But ultimately, it ended up pretty similar. It was just kind of taking the exacto knife to it and cutting off some chunks. Yep. Yeah. Another measurement that we've used in the past, too, is um, loyalty. Um, and that one's a little bit harder of a connection, I think, for a lot of businesses to say, all right, this front-end work that we're going to do in a two- to three-year span is going to result in higher loyalty from our customers. Yeah, it's hard to... It's hard to chips on that yeah. yeah but that I think is for me that's one of the fundamental one of the fundamental metrics of great brands is loyalty right yeah I think makes sense honestly in a in an ideal I mean yes there's an acquisition metric for brand and brand strategy for sure but I think the loyalty is actually where the real power is with taking the time putting the investment in and really crafting um, a unique and compelling brand promise and all the, you know, all the execution, like the logos and the packaging and, and all of the other messaging material that comes out of that. Um, that's somewhat of an acquisition play, but you can acquire customers for a lot cheaper right. uh, without investing in that. But what you won't have is loyalty and the evangelism and referrals that come from that. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm working on something that is about, how acquisition is kind of dying in the digital age because with the exception of your direct to consumer uh, subscription box type products, but for CPGs and those other products that are looking at a dashboard, yep. it's just more about, Hey, Oh, this, this content got this much reaction, this much engagement. Yep. Let's, let's create more of yep. that same thing. And you end up in that talking to yourself mode where you're just serving up things that your existing customers already like. Yep. So mm-hmm. maybe, and I have, thinking out loud, debate, uh, maybe it's the, the brand exists for loyalty and the marketing should exist for acquisition mm. and those things should be feeding each other. So once they get pulled in and they experience the brand, it's like... I'd be you know, totally on board with that. 
philosophy. <laughs> well, you're also talking about that when you when you're getting that feedback, you're only doing what you've already done. You're not actually creating anything new, so you lack that leadership. Right. You know, so you're not you're not imagining anything forward as a brand. You're just kind of like you know following what we've already done, and it's a little bit lazy. It's <laughs> yeah, unambitious. Yeah. And it's the you know what's so funny about the word unambitious? It's not. It's protective. It's playing mm. defense. Mm which is so messed up because you do want to grow and you yeah. can't grow if you're just sitting in front of the goal yeah. playing D you gotta, you gotta get out there and run. So yeah, I, I don't know if it's, I think they think, Oh, we're looking at the numbers. We're using metrics. We're being smart. You know, we're, we're database marketing. That's real good. Right, right. But yeah, you're talking to yourself at a certain point. You're not evolving. You're not innovating. And somebody like method is just going to come up yep. and blow you away. Yep. You're going to get bit. Right. You're going to get bit. Or not even see someone coming. Yeah. Dollar Shave Club, just, just, yep. whoa, what the hell, where'd that come from? Oh, we can just buy them, though. <laughs> right, well, <laughs> not everybody can do that, but yeah. Right yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh, Mike, we don't have an icebreaker. I think we had plenty of icebreaker right there. I feel broken. Did I feel we? like the ice is... Yeah, I think that it was, was fully broken. Were we... The, I mean, we're like, we're that like swimming up to our necks yeah. in freezing cold water. I'm sorry I didn't bring any talking points here. I'm, oh. I'm really oh. cold. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> just trying to um, Yeah, I was just trying to think more, but I guess we can go into the questions and we can do the icebreaker later if we want. Okay. Yeah, if we feel we'll like back. Game. If you have an icebreaker, circle you back try and do an icebreaker and uh, let us know. Um, yeah. Ah, dang. That's okay. okay. I'll, I'll, I'll think. Okay. If you want to switch us into the next okay. topic. Phase um, two. No, no I, I think I got one. Oh, you do? Sega or NES? Oh, NES all day. Yeah? Yeah, NES okay. all day. Although yeah. Sega... Earthworm Jim. Now I start thinking. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's so funny? I mean, Sega had NHL. Oh, they did. I forgot about that. Yeah, and NES never had that. They no. had that crappy ice hockey game. Yeah, which, and, it's, and Blades of Steel. Terrible games. Yeah. With the fighting and Blades of Steel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so NHL, right? That was Sega. Yeah, that was Sega. That was definitely Sega. It, it, like, in, I remember in my dorm, NHL '94. Yeah. Yep. I remember that. On the Sega Genesis. I had that for PC. Oh, it was Genesis though. Yeah, it wasn't so the it original. Wasn't the original Sega. No. no. Okay. I never. I don't even think. I can't even think of a game. Was, Earthworm Jim, and then yeah, there were there were a couple. Sonic. There was a Sonic. There game. was a Sonic, which Sonic drove me nuts. I, I was such a Mario fan. Yes. It's of so course. classic and just so like simple. And the speed at which, like, at, at which Sonic played just kind of messed with me. I was just like, this is, I feel like I'm just button mashing at this point. Yeah, you kind of are. <laughs> yeah. There's more timing than yeah, that. Yeah. I, mean, I had to think a little and bit And I more. suck at timing with those things, so. Yeah, yeah. Same. Button mashing. Button mashing. All right. I'm a Nintendo guy. I'm with Adam. On yeah. the, on do the, it. On the line that is Nintendo. What about you? Did you, guys Did you guys do this instead of this? Sometimes. It depends no. on the game. No, no, no. Uh, okay. It depends on the game. Yeah. Mike Tyson's Punch Out. <laughs> uh, well, see, I remember playing a different boxing game, but um, I was in Panama. We played a lot of soccer, so yeah. I didn't. Pl- I didn't play a lot of games during that time. You were so out, I was going to go outside play. Atari. Yeah, I was going to go like Atari or, oh, and then I was like, "Let's go oh, way what back." Else is Coleco there? was the Coleco Vision. Yeah. Coleco Vision was it? Yeah. Yeah. I never oh, played that one. I just played the Atari. We had it. It had that weird paddle. Coleco and Intellivision had those weird. Yeah, Intellivision. Yeah, I'm, I, had a, I'm old. I had a nerdy friend in, in middle school, in elementary school, who had like three Ataris. Mm-hmm. So every time we go to his house, it was like, 
Why did he have three Atari? Because he's a networker. Because he's a nerd. He still is a nerd. He works for Microsoft. Oh. He built like his own computer when he was like 12. Paid off. Then. Yeah, it totally paid off. Somewhere, Zach Stevens is listening. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I never. Well done, man. <laughs> I never built my own computers. That's off. Yeah. I just, I just remember I didn't either. one time my friend had a game where you actually put in a cassette tape and the information loaded off the cassette tape. And it was just the oldest, oh, old school game tapes. I've ever. What was it? Yeah. What was the system? I can't remember the system. But it was like. I don't remember one that had a cassette. The media was a cassette tape. That's crazy. I'm telling you, man, it happened. It was the oldest system. <laughs> yeah. It was like right after the cards. It was right after the card deck you had to keep. Yeah. Remember uh-huh. those? Yep. You, you ever hear about those? Yeah. yeah, and if you dropped it, the, your program was totally out of order because that was your program. <laughs> I those, had, are your, uh, those are your bytes, I think. Yeah. Each card was a byte or something like that. I had I a Commodore know. 64, so I had yeah. floppy disks, yeah. five-inch floppies. Like yeah. five, 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 and play, five and a quarter. Yeah, and play yeah. Moon Patrol. You guys play? <laughs> you know yeah, I do. I totally do. Come on, I was the guy who brought up the cassette tape. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So um, so our first, uh, can we get into the questions? Yeah. You guys, yeah? I'm down. All right. What if I said um, no? <laughs> well, so we talked about what you guys do at Santee, um, but um, how has it shaped? You? So you work at Santee. That, that is where you are. The, that is where I am. Uh, yeah. How has that shaped your view of Arizona brands? So first of all, have you always lived in Arizona? No. I'm originally from Long Island, New York. Okay. Beautiful, scenic Long Island, New York. I lived in Boston are for you, 10 Are years. you being sarcastic? Uh, yes. Oh, that's the only way to be, yeah. Because okay. <laughs> you're from New York. This yeah. is why Adam and I get along. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw a little, like, micro-expression smile. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why isn't this guy laughing? <laughs> um, I'm hilarious. Uh, I lived in Boston for 10 years, and then uh, moved back to New York and met my wife, who grew up here in Scottsdale. So mm-hmm. when we got engaged about a year and a half, two years later, we moved back here. That was in 05. I was in... We lived in Cape Creek from 05 to 11. And then we moved to Atlanta for two, two and a half years to try to do something out there. And then we came back in 14. Hmm. So uh, been here for, I don't know, 12, uh, 10 of the last 12 years, roughly. Nice. And when we, when we moved to Georgia, about three months in, I was like, Oh, Scottsdale's a pretty easy place to live. <laughs> it started to click for me that I was like, oh, there's no traffic and everything's designed around people and the way they actually live their life. Getting around Arizona grid. is grid is nice. It is nice. Yeah, it's not an old horse path that's turned into a road <laughs> that's supposed to accommodate six million people. Yeah, it's kinda like it's kinda like hacked hacked like uh, incrementally, you know, rather yeah. than like built to be No, it's nuts. It's nuts. And I really liked uh, It's like Agile, the original Agile. Yeah. Yeah, they just keep on building. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. We just, uh, I liked it a lot in Georgia. I liked Atlanta, but. Uh, so was Atlanta. It was hard. Yeah, it was harder to, uh, it was harder just life. I mean, if we ran out of milk, I could just watch the color drain out of Amy's face because mm-hmm. she'd be like, I got to go to the grocery store. This could take 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's just, <laughs> For a gallon of milk. It was nuts. It was wow. crazy. Different, different world. Yeah. So, yeah, so we've been back for since. Uh, St. Patrick's Day of 2014 is when we came back. Okay, cool. so so you have uh, you have an outsider's point of view. I have both. Yeah, yeah. but I I definitely uh, I started my career in Boston, and then worked at uh, uh, an agency in New York, and so when I came here, I mean it was just like oh we're going to get engaged and we we know we didn't want to do the commuting lifestyle in New York City so I was just like jumped in with both feet and said okay well we'll just move, 
And I thought, well, uh, you know, it's all in my brain. I was an art director. I thought, this, I'll just bring it with me and we'll do it. No, you know, no big deal. And then you get to a new town and you say, oh, I, free, I got some freelance work and I went to an eight, the first agency. I think it was McMurray maybe was the first guy to, to bring me on for a couple of days. And I was like, holy shit. I am in a different mm. universe. And it's not better or worse, just different. Just the mm. pace and the, the type of products, projects we were working on, and the way that things happened. Mm. It was a, I was really started to say, I gotta really reset here because I don't think I understand. So tell us about that. What, yeah, I mean, it was like, so I don't know, I've never golfed. I've never swung a golf club. <laughs> okay. I actually, it's impressive. I just, Swung a golf club at my son's uh, golf lesson for the first time a few months ago, actually. So oh, wow. I drove three balls or something. <laughs> but before that, I hadn't, and they brought me in. And they was said, it oh. like Happy Gilmore? It was a little bit like that, except I didn't make contact with the ball the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have slugged it. Like, like take a couple steps back and like come yeah. run up to it like a slap shot. No, I mean, the guy, the, the coach. He's like, oh, pick up a club. And I was like, oh, all right. And so I just, I, I don't know. I just stand over the ball. And he's like, well, no, no, no. Straighten up. No, no. Now bend over. Now straighten. Bend, bend. Your hips, though. Your hips. Your hip, Your knees. Your knees. Your elbow. Oh, no. And I was like, what are you doing? I haven't even swung the club yet. <laughs> so then I said, I don't want to play golf. <laughs> he talked me into and out of it in like three minutes. Uh, but the assignment, the reason I mentioned golf is the, the first assignment was for a golf resort or maybe a course or maybe a community that had a golf summer. And... They were like, well, you're the New York guy. Go, you got to mess up some great ideas. And they're all looking at me. I don't know anything about golf. Like, I'll, I'll, oh, let me go think about it. I'll go do some research. But I don't know anything about it. Yeah, it's just a different different pace, different everything. But we had two days to do four campaigns or something like that. And wow. I was coming from Jay Walter. It was weeks and lots of resources and art buyers and all kinds of, mm. oh, I want to talk. I have this idea. Let me go talk to our research team. You're the research team, you know, in a smaller agency, you're everything, so you just have to start figuring it out. So that was when I I said, oh, okay, I'm going to have to tap into more more skills than just, you know, being an art director. We have to wear a lot more hats in a smaller shop. Yeah, that describes kind of me a little bit, because when I was a copywriter, I I would just kind of like, I would just kind of play around and stuff, and I was kind of like, naturally had just automatically, accidentally, you know, was good at some of the things, right? And then, um, and then, uh, you know, people are like, "Oh, well, you know, it has to sell." Call to action, like, call to action. Come on, like we're so above that, right? Call to action, and, and um, they're like, "Well, you have to sell." I'm like, okay, well, I guess that makes sense, you know. So I started asking strategy questions, and then pretty soon, nobody could answer any of the strategy questions, and I'm just like, "Man, we need it. Like, the world needs more strategists." Right. <laughs> yeah, and I'm more of a, you know. Like, the reason that I was not a great creative director, uh, ultimately, was some guys, some people that do that job, they, they get a brief or they hear about, the client says, oh, I have this business problem, and they jump to a vision of how, how to solve that. Then when they, when they get a creative idea, it's just like, oh, and it's going to be like this, and I want to cast this kind of person, and I want it to work this way. And I don't, my brain doesn't work that way. I'm, I think more in stages. So I can get from you know, a brief to a concept and then from a concept to executing and then from executing to how it's going to leg out. And I have a thread that goes through it, but it's more like I need to see the next part of it and help shape it. Mm-hmm. And I think when you see great work, it's usually there's somebody that's an author of it that is at God view. 
that no, that knew all along how it was supposed to come about. And I, I did not have that kind of mm. vision. It was more organic for me. Yeah. You know, we're we're going to edit it, and then we'll see how it turns out. Versus, the script is exactly what it will be. Right. It's a different. It's a different paradigm. That's mm. really yeah. It explains a lot actually. About my, my about my work. It explains a lot. <laughs> you know I mean, it's just a, it's, it's a cool, uh, useful way to look at. I think a lot of our experience in the, in the creative world. Yeah. Because they're, you know, a lot of times I feel like, man, how, how do they know so much about what this has to be? They don't have the information, you know? And so I'm, I'm like, oh, well, we need to do a brief and we need to, like, you know, yeah. find out the problem we're solving and understand it really well, you know? And then yeah. other people are like, no, we don't. We just need to do this, 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 and this. And then, Right. You know, and I'll say, oh, well, let's do mind. this much, and then we'll go talk to somebody and say, right. how is this going this far, you know? Right. Like, some people just say, no, no, no. Just, they just cast it all the way out and know what it's supposed to be. That's so much respect for those people. It's yeah. an amazing skill. Yeah. <laughs> and I know why they're always pissed off. Because nobody else can get there with them. And they, that can that be must a problem. Be, that must be hell. Well, it can be a leadership problem, too, right? Because then... If they can't communicate. If they can't get people to follow them, they, they have it. You either have to get someone to follow you um, and be able to understand your instructions and be a good communicator that way, because they're not because you're not showing them with the why. Whereas you, um, as a strategist, are probably able to show pretty much anybody the why. At least everybody will understand why. That's right? it. And I just focus on the why. Yeah. That's it. And if I see great work now, I get the I have the luxury of going in and figuring out. Okay, well let's let's go build the why. Tell people how this, this idea makes sense. Now this idea is going to sell. Yes, mm. I've come full circle, and I was the art director. Was like, I don't need. I mean, do you really even need a logo? I mean, I think people are going to get it. <laughs> I use your brand color, blue. Everybody's going to get it. They need another company. Yeah. But my first don't ad, I don't even action. think had a website. I don't think websites were that ubiquitous. The first ad I ever did, I'm pretty mm. sure, didn't have a URL or anything on it. Nice. Those days are gone. Well, yeah, that could be because you know you were still playing. Super yeah, yeah. It was, it was <laughs> Commodore 64. 1990 yeah. something, yeah. Still tried to put a QR code on it, though. Yeah. <laughs> they just won't die. Yeah. They just won't die. Yeah. They're like the cockroaches of marketing. They're coming back. They are. In Asia, they've never gone away. That's so crazy. Now they're, But they're native on a lot of their phones there, though. That's right. And I think that made a huge difference for adoption. Yeah, if the camera just recognizes yep. it without having to download something. Yep. That's that was always a huge killer That's here. everything. That's yeah. Yeah. So. So. Uh, Did I even answer your question? It that was super interesting. I don't even know. Okay. That was just super Fantastic. interesting. Yeah. Your question I, was perspective on Arizona. Yeah. It's just a different pace. Yep. Yeah. Different pace. People want to move here for the lifestyle, and I don't know that everybody understands how different the business yep. environment is here. Especially if you're, uh, at least in my experience, a lot of people I've worked with or worked under who are from the east coast and have worked in agencies on the east coast like the culture here just in general is so different yeah, um, i mean you said pace i think that's a big one the pace here is just it's totally different um sometimes it's not as fast paced it's interesting it's like i think your story well deadlines i feel are faster but pace yes is slower. <laughs> yeah it's like the pace is slower oh, okay. but the deadlines are shorter yeah it's like all right Work at half the speed, but be done in half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> budgets are budgets are a lot lower. Yes. So, and that's that's not. When I was working at Jay Walter. I was working at Hill Holiday. So those are clients that had deep pockets yeah. and big budgets. Yep. So they could have six teams working on something. Yep. You know, when I worked on Domino's, there was four teams working on it. Yep. You know, we you don't have that luxury here. Yep. There's never, you know, if you can invest and put four teams on something, that's fine. But you're probably taken out of your own 
yeah. margin, definitely. Yeah. There's also a different leadership style, I think, to some degree, here in, at least here in Arizona. It's a little bit more of a West Coast style. Yeah, much more um, relaxed. I remember I had one <clears throat> boss who had come from, a, and it wasn't from the East Coast, he came from Nashville, but the company that he was at was very East Coast in its style. And I remember within about three months of, of coming to our company, he came to a bunch of us and was like, hey, so I've come to a realization. The way that I lead and that I've been taught to lead doesn't work here. Hmm. And he's like, it's not a company issue. It's a, it's like a, it's a whole culture of like different style of doing business in Arizona. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I'm going to try hard. And he did. I mean, he worked really hard to change his style and, and adapt. Yeah. It's, um, it's takes some getting used to yeah. that. It's not the, uh, nobody throws chairs here. No, nobody my, throws chairs. <laughs> in my earlier career. Um, <laughs> there's a little less of like just, you know, beating people up to get the deadline yep. accomplished. Which is good. Which I think, yeah, there's some good things in that. I think there's some, like everything, you know, it's a balance, right? Well, so there's we got to get stuff done. But There's less, you know, if you're at an agency in, in uh, Boston and at Hill Holiday where it was treated like a craft, the, yep. those people were some of the nicest people I've known in my life. Mm-hmm. Great people that I that were my bosses or were senior to me or whatever, um, you know. There was a guy there that Dave Gardner, super super awesome guy, great guy, fantastic person. But when it came to the work, not mean, but a hundred percent direct. Like, yeah. what, what are you doing here? This is this is so wrong. I can't even believe it. Not mincing words and just being direct and hurting your feelings, but not in service of the work, in yeah. service of the of the craft of art direction or, you know, his job as a CD to be direct and to tell you. And when you get into a culture, because we have so many people come in from out of town, yep. I don't think people know how to translate laid-back West Coast style but still being direct and getting results. And that is a hard line to walk for a lot of people. If you came from the East Coast, yep. you're lost, like you're like yep. the guy you're describing. Or if you're in a place and you, you've never had to experience that, you just you run into a wall where you're like, I don't even know how to get these people motivated. Because everybody's real chill, but we still have all these crazy deadlines, and I want to do great work. And I'm not allowed to just be direct and just tell them, like, you <laughs> get the stuff done. It's more of a question mark. It's, I think people yeah. feel like, am I allowed to be direct? Mm-hmm. Or if I'm being direct, am I being a dick? Yeah, right. But I, you have to. I mean, you just have to figure out how to take things head on, or figure, you got to figure out how to communicate with each person yeah. individually that, that drives and gets the extra. Nothing ever good happens on the first yeah. comp. No. So you got to be able to figure out how to tell them how to do it again. Yep. At the University of Oregon, we had to import uh, someone from New York just so we can get someone to tear our work off. Of. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you, always hear those, you always hear those stories about like, That's yeah, right. I, you know, my portfolio program or whatever, we, you know, they tore, they tore your work off the wall if you mm-hmm. weren't good enough. And it's kind of like a badge of honor. And like, yeah, I've been through the fire, you know? So we had to like, yeah, we couldn't find anybody there who's willing to do it. So. Oh my God. <laughs> Do no, you, we got a great guy from uh, from New York, but um, yeah. and he just came in and just like peed on the wall. I uh, he uh, you know you know it was awesome. <laughs> no, cause what's your job title? <laughs> Official peer yeah, on the wall well, peer. Wall it peer. was cool because I was on my way out. Right, I was like on my last year, and and he was coming in, and so we spent a year just working together, and it was we had some of the best conversations, and and it was it was awesome because he's just like black and white, you know, and I'm on the strategy side, I'm like black and white, right? So it was, it was awesome. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I was, I was sad. I want I, you know, maybe want to stay. But. Yeah. Do you, Adam, I want to add from your experience, um, 
here in Arizona, run, you know, working with an agency, do you feel that the talent pool is a, is a contributor to that? Like, I, and maybe I'm making an assumption about, you know, like New York or Boston, but it, it seems to me that like, there's such a huge talent pool yeah. of young, not, very hungry. And yeah. they're not only, I mean, so number one, just total, uh, it's a bigger population. Yep. There's more people there. There's more companies and competition there. So there's, so there's uh, more people churning into the careers and be, moving there for that reason. Plus, if you're in New York, you're in Boston, and you call somebody through a recruiter, or I call somebody in Nashville or Dallas, hey, do you want to move to New York? Do you want to move to Boston? It sounds a hell of a lot yep. more enticing for a lot of people than do you want to move to Phoenix. If sure. you've never been here, if you don't know what the city is, that's like, I don't know. What, do hmm. I? No, no, you say Scottsdale. Even if you're in <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people, when I say Scottsdale to my friends and people I talk to outside out of town, they're like, is that near Phoenix? Mm, so uh, I think they know Phoenix. Yeah, as a Phoenix place is that. still kind of the defining city of, yeah. of Arizona. Yeah. I just think you make it sound, you know, like more like a resort. Oh, totally. Yeah, we just golf all day. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. mimosas until noon. <laughs> it's wish. not? No. I wish it was. Man, Chris... We're gonna have to change some things. Yeah, we have to. We're gonna have to change our goals. <laughs> <laughs> Mimosas only until ten. Yeah. That's, oh yeah, that's much better. Yeah. yeah. Everything's crooked. It resounds. I don't know. I don't know. This is off. Everything's off register here. Uh, so yeah, people will are more likely to move there. So here, you're you're kind of held captive to the talent that's here. Mm-hmm. There's super talented people here. There are. There's not. It's not a knock on the people that. Uh, do the job here, but the job is different here than it is there, I think. And uh, there's less people, less competition for jobs. So once you get into a job, I think that can also, part of what drove me when I was an art director was competition to, I had to really claw to become, to go from junior art director to art director, I had to beat other people, I felt like. I don't know if I really did, but working on things, I would throw two, three teams on it. At Jay Walter, like I said, they would throw four, five, six teams on projects. To, to build up that competition, but agencies here, what's the biggest agency here? EB Lane? Or I think EB Lane, Lane now is for Lane people? I think they might be at 100. I can't tell. Not huge. Yeah. Not, not big enough that I bet they don't have multiple teams. They don't have gangbangs on things. Like I doubt it. No. I doubt it. So it's yeah. just a different, it, it's, competition really helps drive that and drives the work. Uh, if you look at the widens of the world in your old stomping grounds, like you're, you're getting that kind of competition, even indirectly. If, if Old Spice is doing great work, well, then the guys working on KFC mm. here are saying, well, well i got to do something killer, too, because i got to fight with that guy to get the next promotion. I want to be the next ACD. You know, need a guy riding a horse? Always. Always. <laughs> Always. Or the colonel. <laughs> Loving that colonel stuff. <laughs> I think anybody can be the colonel now, right? I think that's the new role. That's what's so genius about it. <laughs> Anyone can be the colonel. I spend half Except, the spots now. I, I go right up Yeah, well, who is it? I'm trying to figure out who it who is. is who I is pay that? such careful attention to every spot. Yeah. Sometimes it's not even a celebrity. I'm convinced. <laughs> it's just now they have a stand-in. It's, like, oh. it's just, yeah. yeah it's, it's a woman. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that, that's a whole... That We should talk about that at some point here. About talent or about the no, colonel? Okay, the colonel. Yeah. No, I don't want to talk about talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the colonel. Oh, man. So, um, so much has been said about the colonel. Uh, well, yeah, he's been a hot topic. He's come up a couple times the last For couple ever. weeks. He's just like one of the yeah. most interesting, like, 
well, that's, tapes or that's the brilliance of what they did when they brought him back, mm-hmm. right? Because they didn't have a mascot for 20 years, I think. He was a static icon, but no. He, I don't think he, they he even had that. Like, it was in the 80s that they brought, like, he, he had passed away, yeah, like, right. the original founder. And then they didn't use him, I think, for a really long time. Oh, really? Yeah, if I, and I might be getting my story a little wrong here. Yeah, so like, somebody fact-check like, me. Culturally. You know, I mean, Fake it's news. like you look at So I Married an Axe Murderer, the dad hated the colonel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they brought in a conspiracy theory about him, right? Yeah, yeah, the wee beady eyes. Yeah. The smug look of his face. <laughs> He's part of the pentaveret, the secret right. society. Of- <laughs> That's how I've always felt about Ronald McDonald. <laughs> I was just at McDonald's the other day with my kids, and they had this mural in the, in the playroom, and it's got this very, like, realistic painting of Ronald McDonald on this like garden path, like prancing through it. But his face is just like, like it's like legit clown paint. Like it's too much. It's too real. It's like, I need him to not step into my world. Were you, yeah. you take your kids mm-hmm. out of there and run? Well, I, well, thankfully we weren't even in there. Yeah. I could see it from where we were sitting. Yeah. And I was like, every time I'd look over, I'd look at my wife and go, his eyes were he, moving. he's creeping me out. His eyes were following you. Ronald's did, creeping me out. Did you see a, like a pyramid with an eye? It. I it was behind the bushes painting. probably okay. had to be yeah. Ronald McDonald Illuminati actually yeah. exactly there was this creepy bird hanging out in the tree it was, <laughs> it was weird I haven't seen one that quite that weird yeah. at uh yeah it'd be like if uh oh what's that guy that paints the houses with the light painter uh, of light uh yeah what's his name Kincaid Kincaid it's like if Kincaid painted Ronald oh, it McDonald was it was that like oh man it was a little it was a little weird it was like I don't know what's going on here it's super weird. Yeah. So if Ronald McDonald was an Arizona band, just kidding. Oh, man. That was um, well done. Well done. <laughs> uh, how, so, so, in all, so in that experience you talked about, right? Yeah. Um, so you talked about the difference in like working in New York, working here. What about the uh, brands that are here? Have you noticed a difference in the, the brands themselves, how they come across, how they relate to people? Mm-hmm. Well, they have to be more thoughtful. The brands that are based in New York, for most of their brands, I mean, global brands can just throw money at it mm-hmm. and try a little bit of everything and see what sticks and then optimize to it. So brands here have to just be a little bit more careful, to be a little more shrewd and more think more strategically about what they're going to do yeah. because they don't have endless deep pockets working on uh, Cadbury Adams is a client, so a bunch of brands from there and a bunch of brands from Diageo. They'd say, oh, let's do this crazy thing. All right. I mean, it wasn't endless money, but they could take some... some could try a lot of things. Yeah, they could wing it sometimes. But brands here, they have to just be a little bit more careful and, and really pay attention to what they're doing and have to be a little more uh, forward-thinking about how that how what the return is going to be. Hmm. So I, I think that's part of it. Interesting. I mean, that, that makes me... I mean, you said it's strategy. You know, you have to, it's like, you know, I, I wonder these days, you know, with all we can do with, with digital and all the testing, the split testing and everything you can do, I sometimes wonder if strategy is on its way out, you know, but. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> I, I was hoping. <laughs> <laughs> well, how can it be? I mean, well, as long as it stays up. I think there are stories, though, that prove that is a false like methodology, like Google was that way for a really long time. They were like the masters of split testing, right? They'd split test down to like 
what's the color on every single right, call to yeah, action yeah. button on every single plot yeah, like product I heard the urban legend about 64 different shades of blue yeah right? <laughs> yeah and and at some point like what actually happened was there was a riot in their design team who said look we come with experience and intuition based on experience and we can actually get you to an answer sooner and just as accurately through intuition than you can with constantly running everything through, you know, a, a data test. At least let right. us get you to two colors. Exactly. We don't need, right? we don't need right. to test 64 shades of blue. Give and what they saw was actually that when they finally acquiesced, and it took, it took their design director leaving the company to force them to do that. Oh. But they really, and that's actually the big shift that you started to see where and it culminated in their in their logo redesign from two years ago. Yeah. Um, but it took a few years to get to that point. But basically, they they saw a huge shift in their cultural understanding of the importance of design. And in some aspects, for me as a designer, like design is is strategy, right? Design is having who am I talking to, what is the goal that I'm trying to achieve, and how am I going to get there right. based on all the parameters that are involved. That intrinsically is design thinking, which is strategy. It's just, let's put another yeah. label, label on it that, you know, designers like to claim that they own or something. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like when they started to realize, like, hey, we can't exist as this behemoth of a company in, with our hands in so many different pies if we're not willing to invest in design. And in order to invest in design, doesn't mean that you give up metrics and you get up, give up, you know, collecting data and testing. But it does mean that you start to move in a more strategic, with a more strategic mindset on initiatives where you go, let's, let's think about this. Let's put a plan together that's based on, you know, objectives and goals. And let's think about the context in which we're going to do that and write a plan. We'll test parts of that plan for sure. But at some level, it's like, you're going to iterate yourself into the ground. Right. Mm. They would slow progress down to a creeping. Exactly. Um, kind of like what we talked about earlier, right? <clears throat> we talked about that earlier with the lack of leadership, yep. you know, just um, dumbing things down to the yep. point where, right. you know, we're just kind of, we're, 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 we're only, we're only testing what we've already done and we're just testing different versions of that to the point where we're now yep. really boring. We're not providing much leadership yep. and it's almost like, it's almost like strategy and leadership now, now kind of become two different important, you know, uh, components because the leadership says hey we can imagine what's possible and the creative directors were saying we can imagine you know what's possible and we still want you to test it but we can imagine it right yep. and the strategy might say well why is that important but um but the leadership you know the imagination yep. you know that's no, what important. yeah i think the other mm-hmm. part that uh arizona brands need to have is commitment mm-hmm and really stay true to a plan and understand themselves, who they are, which is, goes back to the very beginning of this, uh, this chat. Why is brand strategy important? Because you've got to know who you are so that everything you're doing reflects that and plays back to it. And if you're not sure who you are, then you're going to be all over the place in the, in the eyes of a consumer who sees you three different places looking like three different ways. Mm. I just saw this ad for Maker's Mark, which is not an Arizona brand. So yeah. forgive me. <laughs> You can bring non-Arizona brands. It was like, Are you going to rip on them? Or are you going to say good things? Well, I like the product. <laughs> I love I love Maker's Mark. Yeah. But the ad was an animated ad. Huh. And it looked 
That's it was not just, them. It was just weird. And nothing of it was a holiday ad, so I get I was saying, okay, I get it, but it was 2D animation. It just, it just didn't make sense to me at all. Uh, also, it was airing at maybe 6 a.m. That's a different thing. Maybe that's a new But I was, I was thinking, nobody, who on that knows the Maker's Mark brand? You guys just started laughing. So you had the same reaction I had, right? I only know it from drinking it. I never oh, worked on it. Right. And then I saw the ad. I was thinking, who that worked on this brand thought, yes, that aligns with who we are? Yeah. No way. Yep. So I wonder if ESPN produced it for them or something, or you know, uh, some some third party yeah, they did outsourced something. it. Something something just, went wacky. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. That yeah. Is. So so thoughtfulness is a key attribute and commitment of Arizona brands. Mm-hmm. Those are good. Those are really good. I'm gonna have to continue to to churn on that. Ponder. Yeah. Ponder. Yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of makes. I mean, they kind of make sense together. Um, because uh, the commitments, you, you can't just see something shiny and then just you know change your change your approach. Every time you see something shiny, that's an absolutely, and that's it's tempting to do that, right? Yeah, and that's part of what we offer at Sampy. That's our whole change mentality: is hey, we know you're seeing that, guys. We had a we had a client that's a CPG company that was that's for the core audience is wealthy older females, mm-hmm. and the client said, hey, what about Snapchat? And I said, well. <laughs> We would love we would love to do Snapchat stuff. We could do some crazy stuff, but if that your, your audience, audience isn't there. Yeah, they're just not there. They're just not <laughs> using it. So let's save that money and do something better. You know, something more effective with it. Yeah. Um, so you did a direct mail campaign, right? Exactly. Like skywriting. <laughs> skywriting. So we want yes. You know, would the we forgot medium bringing it back? Yeah, it never went away. No, We're actually a full service skywriting company. <laughs> <laughs> golf promos. No, we, um, we we I would love to do Snapchat campaigns all day. They're fun, yeah. but it it just wasn't the right place in time. Hmm. So it takes as much discipline for the agency as it does for the brand, and sometimes more because would the people that work on our social content like to do Snapchat? Probably more than anything in the world, right? <laughs> and so they had we asked them, and they said, "Well, it doesn't really make sense." Yeah. So. That's a good sign. Good discipline. Yeah. 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 If they would have said they wanted to, I'd have been like, hmm, hmm. this might be self-serving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a good in our portfolio. Right, exactly. Yeah. Would it? When you see a portfolio with something like that, Maker's Mark or Snapchat creative for something that... Well, see, unfortunately, I think there are potential clients out there who are not sophisticated enough, right? So I think I think one of the keys to that, that question, should this, would this serve our portfolio? And if the gut reaction is, well, it's fun and it'll look good, then I question who are you trying to get as your client? And if you have done, if you've been thoughtful and you're committed to working with clients who are unsophisticated and not thoughtful, then put that in your portfolio. You don't give a crap. If you don't give a crap and you just want... We do stuff for Snapchat. And to be honest, like I see agencies do that. I see a lot of agencies do that where it's like... The end product is the goal, right? And how it shows. Versus the effect. Versus the outcome. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, I, I think that's repeated over and over with so many agencies because there are clients out there who buy based on that. They go, I see pretty pictures and that's what I want. Well, there's also the clients will call and say, they've already met about it for three weeks at different meetings. Yep. It's not like, it's not just coming out of the sky, but they'll with a call the agency gets is, hey, we need a print app. Yep. Or, we need a TV campaign. We need to redo our website. We've already done the strategy. We need an app. Yeah. And the agency 
what do you do? You know, where are you with your hours? Where are you with timing? Is it due today? It's, it's, there's so many things that influence somebody who gets that call to say, or that email to say, okay, we'll do it. Or mm-hmm. I'll go get a team on this. Hey guys, we're doing a print ad, go. Versus, whoa, what's the, what, are, what do you want the print ad to do? Well, that sounds like maybe you need a direct mail piece or maybe you mm-hmm. need a landing page, maybe a paid search or whatever the thing is. And part of it is is uh, the, the speed of business and needing to make an impact and coming to you with a solution because they, yep. they, they're trying to solve the problem and they think they're helping. Yep. But Well, and our competitor down the street just did a print ad, so we should probably do one too. That drives me crazy. That drives me crazy. <laughs> a whole game. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't. But but just don't. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a big one too. Our competitor well, did that, so we won't. Do what that. a great way to use your skywriting side business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sponsor Morgan. Uh, I'm totally going to go get pilot's license. Yeah, just so I can skywrite. Well, buy, buy a resound blimp. You should. <laughs> a blimp. You could buy a drone. Throw it all in, man. Ooh, I like this. That's true. Yeah, skywriting drone. MVP. Minimum viable product. Well, I think it already exists. Yeah, I'm sure it does. On Amazon. <laughs> your favorite. Yes, I saw, your, I saw your comment. <laughs> Adam's tired of me ranting about Amazon. It's never yeah. stops. It never stops. It just never stops. Oh, you're not done. I'm not tired. No. My <laughs> problem is that they're, they're so prolific in the, like, in the media right now. Oh, there's no shortage that of Like, I can just, I can hop on my news app and it's like, it's guaranteed I'm going to see three articles oh, about yeah. Amazon, and I just pick whichever one I like the most. That's funny. Or don't like, like the most. Or don't like the most and, and publish it. But um, they're an easy one to bag on. That's just, it, uh, that's, that's more of it than anything. Well, part but, of it, too, we've talked about it before. There's so much Amazon stuff yeah. that it, no person outside of the company can make sense of what it is. Yeah. It all seems very obviously wrong or, oh, that's a great idea, but I have no idea. Yeah. They're buying this for some totally unforeseen reason that yep. I, I don't, I'm not privy to the data. Yeah. Yeah. You hope yeah. There's a strategy in the black box. There, there is. I'm sure there is. Uh, I've somewhere. talked with employees. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, people are pouring money into for no reason, right? right? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's. Yeah, that's a whole nother debate for another Mike's time. Like, I don't want to turn this are. into the same podcast episode that we've already had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adam and I, because Adam has his own podcast. Oh, In fact, you have a couple, but I do. We do not. We didn't talk about it. We can though. Yeah, it's, okay. it's called the strategy inside everything. And what we try to do, we talk about strategy, but we don't come at it directly. So mm. I, I invite my guests, like Mike, to think of a topic that they're passionate about or interested about. That's really it doesn't have to be marketing related. So we talked about Amazon and Whole Foods and mm-hmm. the, the culture mm-hmm. contamination and how that would play out. And then we talked about the strategy that goes underneath that. But we've had people, guests have come on and talked about uh, the band Fish and their Ooh, their customer awesome. loyalty tactics and uh, talked about the how broken the polling process is in political polling. So just a really wide array of topics, and that's what I like it. I do the show essentially so I get to have those conversations that I, I don't really get to have as much when I'm working all the time. So it's a nice way for me to. I think like, that's how we. Started. That's how we started. <laughs> yeah, like, Chris and I hang out at coffee shops for two hours at a time, talking like strategy and branding and marketing, and we're like, why don't we just record this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just I love getting together with smart people mm-hmm. and having these kind of exchanges of ideas and you don't really have the space in your day to do it unless there's a, now it's a podcast. So it's a thing I can do. Yep. And, and you can't just have this conversation with just anybody. Really. 
and that's like you're not going to walk out of your house and have those remaining. There's few people who are in, in nerdy, as nerdy about this as we are, you know? Absolutely. Strat nerds. So you got to get, you know, got to get your fix when you yeah. can. So it was the strategy inside everything. That's it. Yeah, right. it's on iTunes. It's on Google Play. Nice. On Stitcher. Stitcher. Yeah, you can find it. I love it Stitcher. Stitcher. I don't use place. it, but it's, it's up there. It's a cool place. Here you go. Yeah, I heard it's the Snapchat. It's the Snapchat. No, that's Overcast. <laughs> I use Overcast. Okay. I, use, I use Overcast for all my uh, all my subscription, yeah. like the subscriber stuff. I'm a big Overcast guy. Also because I listen to everything at like 1.2 times speed. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. I'm I, that I'm, guy. I'm pretty careful about which shows I do that. Yeah. When there's a lot of pauses, I do that. Yeah. I listen to a lot of um, NPR or NPR-esque shows. Yeah, me too. And they all talk like... This. Right. Very, very methodical. Very deliberate and thoughtful, which is fantastic, except that I got to get through 80 minutes <laughs> worth of podcasts in a 30 minute drive. So yeah. let's go, guys. Let's yeah. go. Let's get it. <laughs> you I'm get all about quantity over quality. You Come get on, to guys. That blue Apron commercial faster. <laughs> <laughs> They're seriously on everything right now. For them and Squarespace. And and oh, Squarespace. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So, uh, Speaking of Squarespace, yes, actually not speaking of Squarespace. Yeah, I know. We got another <laughs> genius segue. What's in, uh, <laughs> totally blatantly obvious uh, segue. What's an Arizona brand that lives out its values? Well, I'm. I have two. I told you I had zero, but I have two. That's pretty Ooh. nice. Well, pretty I would say I would say Tuft and Needle, but I'm sure you guys have already talked about Tuft and Needle. So instead, that's one. All I right. would I would say Peter Piper Pizza yeah. is a brand that uh, I have been exposed to for. Since I think we started working with them in 09. Is it wrong that I didn't know that they were an Arizona brand? They, they hide it well. They are founded here. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And are they still headquartered? There's a lot. There's they, a lot of companies that are like that. Yeah, they're headquartered here. They're headquartered are. in Phoenix. Uh, they were up off the 101 for a long time, but they moved down to the Biltmore area hmm. not hmm. maybe a year and a half ago. And watching, being exposed to the way they train, to the way they. Um, run stores to the way they think about guests and the way they think about guest experience is, mm. is they really live it. They really mean it. It's not a corporation where you walk in and they're just counting money and filling the machines with uh, tokens. Right. They really want guests to have a great time and they really want people to get that, <laughs> that 90 minute, uh, you know, family time that gets compressed into that visit with yeah. the, that you make to your, uh, your restaurant, so it's, it's nice to go meet with those guys and present ideas to them because you know it, they're really into it, and it's not just cash and checks. Mm. Although they do, you, they do okay as well. You guys were, uh, you guys spearheaded their rebrand a few years ago, right? We did. So yeah. we, we've been working with them since. They were with another agency here, and they got a new. Uh, let me think. They had a new CMO come in, and. He came to town and decided to, you know, try to kind of turn everything upside down. So he made some personnel changes on his own. He did a tour of agencies around town, and then we, we started working with him. And it's, it's funny because I had thought when I got to town and started working and just kind of learning the lay of the land here, I had worked on Domino's. I had worked on Dunkin' Donuts. Um, so I really like the multi-unit restaurant world. Mm -hmm. I just understand it. And when I got to Santee, uh, Dan said, Wait, what's, a, what's a brand that's local here that you would like to work on that you think we could do something good? And I said, Peter, we could crush Peter Piper Pizza. We could help them so hmm. much. And sure enough, that you know, uh, Charles came to town and came to the office, and we had a meeting and just 
kind of hit it off, got along. That's awesome. He's since moved on, uh, but when they when they made some changes on their end, but uh, Jason, who's been there, uh, as the, is now their CMO. He was there as a I think the VP of marketing. Just we have a great relationship, you know, as an agency with that brand, and really have insight into what they're doing, how they're doing it, and um, it's just like I said, it's just refreshing to see how they run the business and really give a crap what's what's happening and what's the product they're putting out for their guests. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I've been, I mean, kudos to them and you guys. I've just, especially, I think I've been more cognizant of changes there since the rebrand, but yeah, I mean, the experience all the way through has just been in like an increasingly better experience. Oh, yeah. You know, like growing up, I don't think that I had a high opinion of Peter right. Piper. And, and some of that's mm -hmm. probably, you know, as a kid, at some point you kind of reach that point where you're like, well, food matters more than the games. And uh, that was never their sweet spot. You know, the food was... It was just there. It's nice that it's okay but, food. But they've actually improved it. Like, yeah, they've like done a lot of work there. They've done a lot of work. It's a place yeah. I, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'll take my kids there. And I know we're going to have like, we're going to have a decent slice of pizza. And, and, and we're gonna, they're going to have a great time. Yeah, and that's what I that's what I mean. They actually, the reason that you did, thought it was not a great place is because the stores were old. Yep. They didn't age very well. Yep. Like they weren't, they were maintained. They were clean. Sure. But they weren't updated very frequently. But now I'm sure you've been into yes. some of the new stores. So those are either... They have 2.0 stores, which are the ones that were redone going back about four years. And now yep. they have 3.0 okay. that have carry-out, uh, more of a carry-out focus and a little bit smaller, yep. which is better for me. I can see my kids all the way across yep. the restaurant, which is a little bit nicer. Yep. Some of them at uh, a little bit more secure. 9,000 feet, you kind of lose sight lines. Yep. So, I mean, it's a warehouse essentially, but um, they've really been thoughtful about the experience and winning people back who liked it but didn't love it or people that would come once every six weeks it's what can we do to, to make them like it enough to come again mm -hmm. and it's not all trickery and couponing it's yep. let's make them like the experience let's give them more of what they like what food how can we innovate in food to make it something yep. better and the pizza they you know they did what Domino's did first and I don't think they even get half the credit for it because we, we don't, <laughs> in our ads we don't come out and say we redid our pizza yeah but it is it's all from scratch yep so it's, no, it's it's markedly improved. I'm over a the pizza years. snob. Yeah, and I'll, I'll go and crush eighteen slices if I get around it. I just, <laughs> on Monday they brought it in. I think I ate five slices after I just had Chipotle. <laughs> just there, just like, slices, the bottomless pit. It's awesome. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> My doctor disagrees. <laughs> we were talking about gut clogging earlier. Yeah, that's one I one was, way to do it. I was working on it. Yeah, yeah. you're working on it, hitting those goals. So making gains. <laughs> so so they asked you. They asked you what brand could you could you just crush right when you got here. Um, now, actual seg actual segue. Oh, we got a real segue. Real segue. Um, what what brands? Uh, so so what brands that are out there in the United States? Let's say, would Arizona crush? Were they to move to Arizona? <clears throat> I don't even know how to answer that. Arizona is such an interesting place. It is entrepreneurs do well here. I've, mm. Just the people I've met who have a different, a lot of my friends have jobs, either they started their own business or took a business that they were doing and moved here and just reformatted it. Mm. And it's, it's the positive and the negative is that anything goes essentially. So mm. I know a guy who's in the mortgage business, but he's not, he's in this other weird iteration of it. And he just said this, there's the opportunity. I'm going to go do it. Oh. 
I have a bunch of friends who are in the law, you know, started their own law practice. And it's like, well, what kind of law do you specialize in? And they have this really weird, oh, well, I specialize in this specific thing that's way over here. Totally working for them. And Arizona is about those people coming here. I don't think my, I don't know that I would have gotten a job in strategy if I had stayed in a big market mm. because you, you get put into a, a peg, into a hole. Mm. So I think the brands that come here that can can succeed, you you know, I mentioned Tuft and Needle. What's the electric car company that's based here? Echo. There's another one here too. Are there, there's one, the one in uh, down south. The uh, Lucid Motors. Yeah, maybe it's them. There's uh, another one too. They have a plant. I don't know that they're headquartered here. So I mean, Local Motors has. Oh yeah, those guys too. Yeah. So if you look at Local Motors, you look at Tuft and Needle. I mean, Tuft and Needle. I don't know oh, if the they were the very first, but yeah. they were in that that curve of hey, we're going to blow up mattress. That's in Arizona. That feels to me like a very Arizona thing of somebody just saying, I can do that. Costs are low enough that I can invest just in these very specific ways and make this happen and watch it all come to life. And that, that's amazing. So any specific brands? I don't know. Probably not beverages. We live in the <laughs> desert. So please don't come here and deplete my water supply. Uh, but brands that are point. looking, brands that either point. think that already have an innovative idea and are pinned in in a major market where they, they have trouble mm-hmm. executing it, uh, or brands that are new uh, entrepreneurial ventures where, where people are looking for a new approach and people that will gather and rally around an original idea, which mm-hmm. I don't think happens everywhere uh, you know, in, in the Silicon Valley. It only happens around tech. Yep, right. I think here it can be around anything. Yeah, It's almost like in San Francisco, it's like, oh, that's off-brand. You know, if it's mm-hmm. not tech, right? It's like not really what we do, right? Yeah. Where here, it's 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 an asset and a liability, maybe. You know that we we're kind of like, well, we'll try anything. Yeah. Some yeah, of that but we don't get known for anything. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the downside. Yeah. Except for being hot, too diverse, almost for its own good at times. Right. Um, yeah, I would definitely agree. I I, I would just echo all that. Sure. I I think yeah, as you're saying it, I'm just nodding my head like yeah, like we're not. Yeah, you know, we've got some different industries that kind of have some emphasis here. Um, what are we known for? We're not really known for any one particular industry. I think there's one that maybe through a lot of political maneuvering, they're attempting to make known, and that's like the autonomous car industry. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I think that's somewhat driven by lack of regulation here. You know, like, I think they tried to... And I think Google's first choice, I think, was L.A. and um, to start the Waymo program. But we we got it because L.A. was unwilling to change their... And we're so much cheaper. Yeah. It's just so much cheaper yep. here. But so, uh, don't you think... But I don't, we've yeah. talked about that, and that that's not necessarily a great attribute. Being um, cheap? Being cheap. No, it's right. terrible. Yeah. And it's one that doesn't always stay, right? You can't bank on that for 100 years. Yeah. You can bank on that for a few years, maybe a decade or two or yeah. three. Well, somebody but, will come and undercut you eventually. Yeah. The way that production yeah. was in Vancouver, for TV production was in Vancouver, and then oh. now it's in Georgia, and where will it go next? Whoever cuts their rates, whoever yep. offers tax rebates. So well, somebody, like, somebody in Arkansas will say, oh, look what they're doing in Arizona. We better yeah. There, There are these. cheaper cities now, Yeah, far cheaper. Um, you know, a lot of Midwestern cities, I think, have, have capitalized on that more recently, and gotten a lot of investment that way yeah trying so. to figure out incentives yeah so <clears throat> i'm gonna um 
<laughs> I'm gonna, You're going to hit your I'm mic. I'm going to stab the microphone. Um, <laughs> I'm going to run to the bathroom. You guys are going to need to talk. <laughs> I, I over, see how this I'm is. Overhydrating. You overhydrated. <laughs> All right. BRB, everybody. Was there another question on the list? We had. Because um, we could switch to that. It is the uh, it is the ideas for Arizona to take action in line with its values. All right. What are the ideas? And I think this is the last one. Yeah, it's more okay. of a brainstorm, kind of a discuss amongst ourselves. It. We're on it. So you, I asked you when I heard this question, is there, are there values that you've established, but it's, they're still kind of open-ended? I think we're still open-ended. Uh, these conversations are part of that process of getting to a point where we can establish them. Right. So I think every episode we're kind of, I mean, that's and why I kind of was highlighting, them. you know, you talked about commitment and you talked about thoughtfulness. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting to me. Those are maybe attributes of Arizona, but at least attributes of brands that are here. Yeah, I mean, what would Arizona commit to? I don't know. I think that's the question. Uh, what do we have to commit to? Where can we prove leadership um, as a as a community of communities? Well, that's part of the challenge. Is there's not just Arizona. There's a lot of communities yep. that sort of squabble. Yep. So maybe part of what they would need to do, what those individual communities would need to do, is band together. Mm. So it's Phoenix versus Glendale versus... Scottsdale for yep. different resources and trying to sell in different packages and Jesus every time a sports team loses up it's like <laughs> seriously <laughs> it's nuts uh, and so, it never ends well no no Glendale come on yes. know, what are you guys doing it's a nice stadium no. but move it to where I can get to it yeah uh, sorry Glendale <laughs> Another, I'm uh, not going to apologize yeah. for Glendale it's a nice stadium yeah you're talking about the uh, the arena or the uh, the stadium for the Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah, yes. but I don't want to drive an hour outside. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, we won't even mention the Coyotes. Don't you wish you could just go see a hockey game? I would love to go see. I would much rather go to a hockey game than a football game. Yeah. And that parking lot too is a disaster. Oh uh, well, everything about it, right? Yeah. The drive, the parking lot, <laughs> and like the fact that like they just can't figure out a way to get out of there. Yeah. Like Glendale doesn't even want them. I know it. And they can't get rid of them. I thought they had worked out a deal to come back to Tempe or. They were very close and is. Uh, can't remember who killed it. I think ASU killed it because it was going to be on ASU land. Oh. And the city and, and the Coyotes were really close on it. And then uh, ASU at the last minute kind of was like, nah, we're not doing that. Yeah, well, I think, so part one, communities need to rally together and become one voice mm. if we're competing with other metro areas. It, it is confusing. Yep. Come from out of state, it's confusing to know, oh, well, that's Mesa. Yeah, you think it's all the same, and yet here it's like, once you're here, you realize, like, oh, there's all this regionalism. Right. I mean, even between, like, the Phoenix metro area and Tucson. Yeah. It's, like, huge. I mean, mean, there's, you know, academia reasons for that, sports team rivalries and all that fun stuff, but, which is fun, right? Sometimes those things are fun internally, but I think externally, I I think that's a great point. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so that's number one is... uh, Getting the communities all on the same page, united in their in their mission, not squabbling. I don't know what number two is. What about that's... friendly rivalries? Are they on the table? Friendly rivalries? <clears throat> we don't really have. Well, I mean, there's kind rivalries of rivalries a... that make sense rather than rivalries that are just like Territory. we're not them. Yeah, um, us not them. Yeah. Yep. Well, and and in some sense, I think, yeah. I think it's just more of like a, at what level does that rivalry live? 
right? Is that is a it, statewide thing? Well, then that becomes a part of our persona as a as a community of communities, right? Um, or does it create identity, or does it just is it just reactive? Does it actually have substance? I'm responding to something because of who, you know, my community, what my community is, rather than because I'm not that, you know, because I went to U of A. Yeah, I went to ASU. That's, yeah, I guess that's the example. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, you got to be able to put those things aside. We're, yep. we're going to lure companies or get entrepreneurs to invest in, you know, plant yeah. roots here. They, they have to feel that if, my, if part of my property ends up over Mesa, yep. that's not going to be the end of the world and I don't have to start going. Well, and that's a huge issue right now between the cities, you know, if you have a multi-city company yeah. with, I mean, I'm sure Peter Piper's facing that every day. Well, they're, they're um, retail and so they have to deal yep. with different rules in every different uh, metro that they're in. Yep. Challenge. Yep. That's interesting. Yep. So you united, a united front. It doesn't hurt. No, it doesn't. Especially if it's, if we're going to call it Arizona. We're gonna have a brand. <laughs> Seems, well, isn't that what you do when you do a brand session? You get yep. all the stakeholders in the room. Yep. Get all the stakeholders in the room. So, guys, what do you want to do? You want Intel here or not? Yep. You want Amazon here or not? Yeah. Where'd they go? They went to Boston. I don't know if a final decision's been made. I know Boston's like pretty high on Still the list. There. Yeah. Sheesh. Well, they already have like, I think a thousand employees in Boston. Is that it? couple thousand i don't know <laughs> but i mean yeah they're going to drop twenty thousand employees wherever they end up i've also heard um uh, dallas or austin wherever whole foods is i think they're, I think they're in oh they're, no they're in austin right? i think they're in austin so i've heard that also that would make sense i don't know if they have the land but i don't know can, can i ask one last question yes kind of tie it up so you wrote a book called Underthinking. I did. We kind of were talking about that a little bit at the beginning. But sure. Can you tell us why you wrote that book and what it, what you were hoping it would accomplish? Yes, I wrote the book because uh, I was trying to put together some training curriculum for my my strategy team, and I went being the strategist that I am. I went to Google and I said, <laughs> "I'll just find a conference. I'll find something. You know, this exists. Somebody's already done this. Somebody mm. has a curriculum that." Couldn't find one. So I started pinging strategists, people, planners, mm. people from all over the country. What do you guys, how do you train your teams? And they all responded back that they responded. Most of them did and said, hey, when you find it, tell me we need it. Mm. So you couldn't find it. So we started, I started just collecting links and articles and books and uh, podcasts and just piling them up. And before I knew it, I realized the Google Doc that I had assembled was the outline for the book. It, it really hasn't changed since. I started, I'm thumbing through it now. The outline, if you look at the index of the book, mm-hmm. was how I started organizing the links, except I added an introduction. <laughs> it's really, it's all... There you go, book. folks. That's how you write a so, book. I mean, that's, it's really not that complicated. Yeah. That's awesome. So I did thumb through it, and uh, it, the chapters made sense, and furthermore, were very seemed very interesting. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that a lot of people would find it um, easy to access, and uh, would probably start them down a road. It's meant to be, so it's called Underthink It. I think it's obvious that it's meant to be accessible. It's meant, it's meant to take the piss out of the big word, five-syllable strategy language that a lot of people use. Even I'm, mm-hmm. I'm guilty of it, too, a lot of the time. In fact, what I challenged, I'm going to look for an example of this while I explain, but what I challenged the editors to do was find, time, find instances where I used a word that was too big huh. 
and use awesome. strikeout text and replace it. Oh, nice. Word. That's so awesome. In the book, it's it's yeah. It's, I kept it in there to keep it's me honest. Struck out. In, yeah. In the, the nice. so I used the word vector and they replaced it with the word area. Yeah. Like, right, great. So they they really they they kept they held me to the idea of underthinking it because we, we were talking about before we recorded it. So much of this shit comes from academia, comes from published papers, it comes from psychology, economy. It comes from all these disciplines where there's a lot of big words that are used to be very specific in those places. Right. And then, you know, I want to stand up in front of my clients and sound like a smart person, and I want to get credit for understanding these big words. But then I put them in a place where they can't go explain it to their yeah. boss. And so right. that's, that's not a good place to be if you're, if you're trying to help them. Right, mm -hmm. you're you're pinning their arms behind their back at that point. Like they're impressed that you're smart, so if that's your goal, mission accomplished. But at the same time, if your goal is to help them, I'm give not, them something they can keep and use. You're and, not helping them, right? Exactly. Right. So dumb it down, or don't dumb it down. Just explain it in a language mm -hmm. that people can understand. Yeah. Right. Well, I think I think one of the we things we tell our clients to do all the time. Yeah. yeah. Explain <laughs> it to the audience, and we'll, yeah. we'll get it and be moved. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, too, is that there are a lot of people out there. I've, I've talked with a lot of planners, planners who are very high-profile and were guest speakers at high-profile places, right? And um, and you talk to them, and they're not always really strategists. A lot of times, they're just um, researchers with experience right. and not strategists. You know, and you ask them how they got to – they, how, they, how they did what they did, why they made those decisions, and they don't have an interesting answer. Right. And so, you know, you don't – a lot of times, you know, talking with those people and, and reading what they, you know, what they write isn't helpful, even if you do understand the technical terminology, assuming they're even using it right, right? right. Um, what's nice about this is that um, by not using that terminology, you're, you're, you're ensuring that people are going to understand the, the, the real use of it, the real idea, what's really the mechanics of it, Yep. right? That's what it's all about, It's trying mm -hmm. to get to the root and why this is a valuable tool and it, I'd say right in the first chapter of the book, I didn't invent these tools. Mm -hmm. uh, the creative brief in there is our creative brief that we use at Sampy, and there's an example of a brief. Mm -hmm. But everything else, is these are just tools that we use that are um, classic business tools that anybody can use. I'm just organizing them into a way that, that we, how I hope people will use the book is read through it, and then bookmarks and pages, and if you get stuck on a project, you'll keep this book handy and go thumb back through it and say, oh, right, 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 I want to use this tool on this thing, or I want to, I'm stuck, so I want to try this mm -hmm. idea. That's, that's really what it's all about. That's why it's called a guidebook. That's nice. awesome. Underthink It by Adam Pierno. It's that. You can get it on uh, Amazon. That's awesome. It's a bookstore. You know, you probably have not heard of it. I have not heard of this yeah. bookstore. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> a store. <laughs> The Everything Store. The Everything Store. I'm going to leave this copy here for you guys to, to write for really? Yeah, awesome. well, I want your feedback, definitely. Yes. Yeah. I want your notes. That's awesome. Thank so, you. Thank I'm you guys over. very much for, for having me. Yeah. I have to get back to the office. Yes. We're going to can it. Yeah. All right. We you should get back to uh, We should get back. I should get back to the office, too. <laughs> <laughs> you got a long way to I go. I got a long way to go. It's a long commute. <laughs> All right, Adam. And if they want to know more, um, other than looking it up on Amazon, the book Under Think It, um, what, what, where would you send them to learn more about the work you're doing? Oh, if they just find me on Twitter, I'm at Apierno on Twitter, A-P-I-E-R-N-O, and that's, you can also find me on Sandy.com and uh, catch up with me there. Cool. Right on. Thanks, Thanks Adam. This All was right. awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Yeah. Woo.